Hey all, uh, this is Trent, and I am part of No Walls Worship. We meet on the first and third Sundays of the month over at the Crystal Creek Distillery. We have what amounts to a church service at a distillery, Crystal Creek, where they make some good old moonshine. But uh, it's weird. It's weird what we do. And the people that come are weird, and the people that lead it are a little bit weird, and the service is a little bit weird, and I like I I like it. I love it. <laughs> but uh, we've got service tomorrow, uh, 1021, 11 a.m., Crystal Creek. Uh, when you hear this, it'll be past. But uh, today's 1020, Saturday, October 20th. 1020 feels like it's like a holiday. It should be a holiday. Uh, maybe it's... National Mustard on Pretzel Day or something weird like that. Um, but it's been a while since I recorded one of these uh, because I was out. I took a Sunday off to take my family to the Austin City Limits Music Festival, which we love. We do every year, and uh, we, we, we really enjoy that. But my buddy Doug, he stepped in and uh, did the words, and I heard it was great. And John was there, and I heard he was great, and... Buck McKinney came and played some electric guitar, and I heard that was great. And Scott Calhoun was there, and he had the stand-up bass, and I heard that was great too. So great, 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 great all around. And then I heard this uh, heard this story from from Sunday. Uh, John was telling me a little bit about it. There was a dad and a daughter there at No Walls, and at one point, this young teenage freshman girl leaned over to her dad and said. Dad, this is what church is supposed to be like, <laughs> and uh, I don't, I don't know what churches she's been to or why ours is the way it's supposed to be. But we do try to make it fun. Uh, we do try to make it relaxed. We do try to make it no pressure, um, and uh, it felt like good validation that we are on the right track. I, I like that story a lot. So if you if you know somebody. Um, if you know somebody who has not had a great experience with church, maybe they've been hurt by the church, maybe they um, don't like it, uh, maybe they are suspicious, whatever, you, I bet you know somebody who feels weird about coming into the church. Like maybe they've got to get dressed up or maybe they've got to do their hair a certain way or act a certain way or talk a certain way or maybe they've got to be reformed in a certain way in order to walk through the door as well. Um, no walls is for those people because we'll take them um, wherever they are, however they are, whatever they think, whatever they're discovering or trying to discover. Um, they're welcome and at home uh, at no walls and we'll, we'll love on them best we can. Um, I feel like I ought to mention we've got a break from the rain today, which is a great thing. And, um, it's been cool to see some of the folks in and around our community stepping up to um, offer aid and relief and money and supplies and a pair of hands to folks who were affected by the flooding. And um, if, look around. If you're listening to this, you probably know all about it because you're part of Bee Creek in some way. But um, I'm glad to be part of this community. All right. Um, I'm going to roll through the message. And the title of this one is called discovering the wind, uh, discovering the wind. And I almost subtitled it. You could subtitle it the Lord's Prayer. Um, but the, the main title, the title is discovering the wind. All right, let's go. I'm going to start 
uh, this one by reading you something. And I'm going to read you something that you have likely read or heard thousands of times. And if not, I mean, at the very least, my guess is that this is familiar to you. And my goal is I want to show you something about this incredibly familiar passage that was a new insight to me. And my hope will be that it's either going to be a new insight for you or maybe it's just going to be a refreshing recall uh, of an insight that's resting somewhere just outside your working memory. We'll, we'll bubble it back up to the front. This is Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. And this is actually uh, out of my King James version of the Bible. This is my childhood Bible. And uh, it occurs to me that my granddad would be super proud of me for reading out of the KJV. And, I, <laughs> and that's a joke. That's like a kid who grew up in the church joke. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know if that makes sense to other people besides me. But I'd be curious who that resonates with and, and who that doesn't. Um, that's a major sidebar that I'm not going to get into. And if, if you really care to know, you could shoot me an email or something. All right. This is Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Verse 9. Uh, After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I told you it was familiar. Okay. You know know what's awesome? I probably use that word too much. Awesome. You know what's beautiful and thrilling and tingle-inducing for a kid? Putting your hand out of a rolled-down window in the car while your dad is driving between 60 and 70 miles per hour down Highway 71. See, as a kid, I'm trying to get in my kid's mind here. You can't see the air. You don't have a sense that when you are walking through the world, you are walking through something. It's invisible. It's nothing. But somehow at this speed, the air takes on form. It takes on a force and you can feel. You try to grab it and... In your imagination, it's as if when you squeeze this new thing, this new version of air squeezes out of your hands like Play-Doh, spilling out on both sides. You can feel the wind pushing through your fingers as you spread them apart, and you can feel the force on your arm as it pushes your hand when you close your fingers together 
and by feel, you learn about how birds fly before you even begin to question how birds fly. See, when you turn your hand sideways and let your palm get caught up in the jet stream up and down and up and down, you get a sense. I was watching my son Rowan, my, my three and a half year old, with his hand out the window of my mother-in-law's car, her Honda Fit. And I realized after I saw him doing this that this was his first time putting his hand out the window of a car like this. You see, his car seat in our Volvo is usually strapped into the middle, way out of arm's reach. Now more on that later, why my mother-in-law's car, why the car seat there instead of the Volvo. But I'm realizing this is his first time and I was trying really poorly to one-handed take a picture kind of over my shoulder with my phone uh, without taking my other hand off the wheel and I didn't quite get it. Um, but I was watching, I was watching these amazing little smiles spread and then disappear from his face. He was experiencing this new thing and he was just totally captured by it. He was abducted by the moment. Now, September is a particularly busy month for the Smiths. Uh, it's just passed back to school, so we are generally still getting back into the rhythm with pickups and drop-offs. Both of my girls have their birthdays in September, so there's usually parties and dinners and gift shopping to get done. Mitzi travels twice a week for, uh, excuse me, twice a year for work. And um, one of those trips is usually around this time. We go to ACL every year, so, so there's some planning for that. We have fall softball, I help coach. Rowan started T-ball, they call it Wee-ball, I help coach that too. Yes, it's the most adorable thing you've ever seen, and so I'm coaching both these teams, or helping to coach on both these teams. We've got the rhythm of no walls to prepare for, and then add to that, this year we had an out-of-town wedding right in the middle of it, my first month at a brand new job, and that's kind of jacked with my schedule. Now, if I were sitting where you were sitting on the other end of this audio, the other end of this microphone, I'd be thinking, poor you, wah, <laughs> right? And, I, and I, I'd be and you'd be right for thinking that. And honestly, I even feel a little silly right now trying to bring you into this tension of a busy September month in the Smith household with all that's going on in the world, uh, in our community, even with the flooding, uh, to the Me Too movement, to the separation of parents from children at the border, and I could go on and on and on and on. There are so many things. And, and my things, these are all wonderful and beautiful and thrilling things. But despite my best attempts, I get caught up in the busyness of it and more times than I like to admit, wrongly, I spend a lot of this month thinking, if only I can get through it, then I'll have a moment to breathe, relax, then I could really enjoy myself. So I, I told you this was uh, Rowan's first time having his car seat near the window. 
his first time being close enough to get his hand out. And I told you that I was driving Nancy's, my mother-in-law's car. Mitzi and I, we have a 2011 Volvo. Um, we were driving around Nancy's Honda Fit. The Volvo, it's paid off. It has uh, electrical problems. It's got cracking leather seat problems. It's got battery problems. It's got parts are falling, <laughs> parts are falling off problems. It has 140,000 miles on it, but it is paid off, friends. Praise God for no car payments. And the, the check engine light on this Volvo has been on for some time. And, and I know because I've had it in the shop that it's got a bad catalytic converter that needs to be replaced, but I've been putting it off and putting it off because I'm thinking I'm going to get rid of it. And it finally blows. <laughs> it, it blows up a couple of the coils in the cylinder and it's, it's chugging along really slowly down 71. I know already, um, I've been carrying this around for a bit, that this is going to be a two to $3,000 job. And y'all, I'm, I'm in the middle of a crazy September, middle of trying to make sure we get cards and supplies and all that for birthdays, a couple of days away from trying to get work wrapped up so I can get out of town for this wedding and the car blows up. So there's this, there's this day where I'm drop, I'm running errands. I, I drop off the Volvo. I pick up Rowan from daycare. Oh, and this is also the day that Nancy's TV blew up too. So I'm running around with my three and a half year old son trying to get supplies, uh, trying to buy Nancy a new TV, trying to get groceries. And I've got the car in the shop, this $2,000 McSpadden's bill coming wait, wait on my head, running around town, trying to get all this done with a toddler. And y'all, honestly, he was doing really good uh, for the most part, but more impressive, I was doing pretty good. I hadn't lost my patience yet, but on this last stop, I'm in HEB, I'm getting dinner and some things for the birthday. And, and then Rowan starts to stop at every toy on every end cap, every pack of Puppy Pals balloons, every candy, every cookie. And we've got to have a conversation about each one. And I'm having to explain why he can't have every single thing he sees. And y'all, I'm starting to have these thoughts. I, I can't wait until he's past this toddler stage when he can be reasoned with and isn't such a handful. When he's older, I think he, things will be better, easier, something. And I'm having even uh, uglier thoughts like, why is it that I'm always the one who has to run errands like this? And I'm even having thoughts that are blaming myself. I should have sold that car. I should have bought a new one, a better one. If I had a better job, I could. And maybe as if I was raising my kid better, he wouldn't. And so I started juggling around all these judgments and blamings and these weights, right? In the middle of the store for no good reason. And right as Rowan was really starting to tantrum in front of that 400 yard row of ice cream in the freezer section, this woman, um, she walked by me and she put her hand on my shoulder. Y'all, this stranger put her hand on my shoulder, someone I don't know, and she said, you're doing a good job. That's it. And she walked off. Honestly, I was a little mad at first, like, like I, 
you don't know me. And like, was I really needing the hand? And she didn't know that I've got two older kids. And, but as, as I've thought about it some more, I realized that what she did was really a kindness. Um, she pulled me out of my head. She pulled me back on the, back into the moment. And I realized that I was doing a good job, right? <laughs> Today I was doing okay. And it was on this day, it was on this crazy day after we left the grocery store that I got to watch my, to my toddler son smiling as he discovered the wind outside of the car window as we drove down Highway 71. Now, what does all this madness, weirdness uh, have to do with the Lord's Prayer? There's three quick things I want you to see. First is that uh, Jesus' friends, this group of men he was leading, asked him, Jesus, how should we pray? And what I didn't know and what I'm thinking you didn't know is that this would have been a pretty common thing for a good Jewish person to do in the day. Uh, a Jewish person would ask their rabbi, they would ask a religious leader, how should I pray? And depending on the rabbi that you followed, you might get a different answer. You could get slightly different takes on how to pray. A slightly different word view, worldview, different language emphasize. Just like if, if I was to go around with each of you listening and we, we were to have an exercise where each of you described how you pictured God, we'd get a variety of images, right? Our processing, our experiences, all these things would shape how we see uh, this big bowl of soup that is reality. And, and so to ask Jesus to teach you to pray is to ask Jesus, how do you see the world? Jesus, give me a piece of your mind. Help me see the way you see. So that's the first thing. Second thing I want you to know about the Lord's Prayer. Uh, I want us to understand what prayer is in the context of the Hebrew faith, how a Jew, Jesus was a Jew, would think about prayer. Right? Because that's where all this is happening in the Hebrew world 2,000 years ago. And the first thing to know is that prayer, to pray, is an English word. To us, to pray is to ask for things. To pray is to be thankful. Um, and that's, that's really the simplest version, right? It's, it's asking for things and thanking for things. And we teach kids this, right? Did, did y'all ever learn this ACTS model of prayer? It's, it's an acronym, A-C-T-S. And it's, uh, it stands for adoration, which is, God, I love you, I admire you, confession, God, I screwed up, thanksgiving, God, I'm happy for these things, and supplication, God, I, I we, we need help, help us. And, and that's good, right? That's, that's good, and it's right, and it's aligned with what I'm talking about here, but what I'm interested in is in the Hebrew mind, the Hebrew understanding of what it means to pray. And the word in Hebrew is lehispalel, lehispalel, and the the key, real key difference is that in prayer, um, 
it's it's this almost like this pushing out, right? This looking up, this looking to God, asking God. But in the Hebrew understanding, lehispelel is a reflexive verb. It's it's really something you're doing to yourself. You are not asking God to do something for you. You are reflecting inward and through God's power, asking God to change something inside of you. Another way to understand this is to look at the root word, which is palel, P-A-L-E-L. There's this uh, story and this usage of palel in the Bible. And this is where uh, Joseph is going to his father, Jacob. Jacob is sick. Jacob is close to death. And in the passage, Jacob says to his son, he says, Joseph, I never palelti or paleled. That's a little easier. Joseph, I never paleled uh, that I would ever see you again. And, and what he's saying is, Joseph, I never dreamed. I never hoped. I never imagined. Uh, but even, even deeper with this verb is, I never spent time putting into my heart the desire that I could see you again before I died. Whoa. <laughs> so this lahispalel, this Hebrew prayer, is to spend time taking things into our heart, dreaming about them and meditating on God's work inside of us to change us and change the world from the inside out. And here's the third thing and last thing I want you to see about the Lord's Prayer. Let me just pause. Here, here's where we are. We have the disciples asking Jesus, how do we pray? And in a sense, they are asking Jesus, how do you see the world? They want to take on Jesus's mindset. And what are they going to do? They, they want to take on this prayer because it's going to be a reflexive thing. They're going to spend time trying to change their mindset to be like Christ's mindset, their view of the world from the inside out. And now, what did Jesus instruct them? How did he instruct them on their mindset? And for time, I mean, we could go through, gosh, every one of these line by line, the whole prayer, and and we've, but I'm just going to show you this last part. And I want to make, just make sure you, you get the essence of this. Let's start here. Give me today my daily bread. Now, in this time, uh, people were poor. Uh, many folks Jesus was talking to, they didn't know where their next meal was going to come from. Uh, for the disciples, this wasn't necessarily the case. They were fishermen and tax collectors, and they could provide for themselves. And yet Jesus says, pray this, give me today my daily bread. And so I think for the first part of this, it's God, give me today what I need just today, not more, not today and tomorrow, not next week's today. I want to have today what I need today. Maybe this makes sense. This is the first thing that came to my mind. For anybody who has traveled a lot, maybe you can understand this. When, when I first started traveling, the itinerary, the itineraries would stress me out, y'all. 
where do I need to be when, which rental agency, what terminal, what hotel, where's the conference. And, and when you're going from city to city to city and conference to conference and place to place, man, it could get heavy. But over time, I got really good at just putting the details of the things in the calendar and not worrying about it or even looking at it until I was at that step. Right When I was at the airport, I would pull up the thing and see the, <laughs> what I needed next. And there was release and there was freedom and there was peace and only taking up the things that mattered in the moment. Where do I need to be right now? What do I need to do right now? Who do I need to give my time to and my energy to right now? So give me today my daily bread. And this is where things got really interesting to me as I was learning this. If give me today my daily bread is about staying here today, being in the moment, warning a buzzword coming, being present, then forgiving debts is looking back. It's about the past. Debts are past events. And being led into temptation is about projecting forward, being delivered in the future from evil. That's about looking forward. So we're just in this little three-line part of the Lord's Prayer, we have, let me be in the present. Let me forgive the past. Let me not worry about the future. Have you ever, have you ever tried to focus on today? When you are carrying around anger, shame, resentment, regret, or what other, whatever other sorts of debts are in your ledger or in the ledger you have been carrying for others, have, have you ever really tried to dial in and listen to a coworker's ideas when they were, <laughs> when they screwed up the previous project you worked on together? Have you ever tried to enjoy a walk in the neighborhood with your spouse? When you are busy running through your mind, what you might mess up tomorrow, where you have to be tomorrow, what your things uh, that are on your plate tomorrow. And with this part of the prayer, I, there's this, there's something so comforting about putting the future in God's hands. God, I don't want to be tempted and I don't want to find myself in the midst of evil. But if I do, I know there will be a way out. I will, there will be a way to be delivered and God, I give that to you. Worrying about it today takes me away from today's bread, today's meal, today's task, today's conversations. Now, I don't know if you're one to pray, if you're one to pray every day, and I don't know if you're one for ritual, but I think this is a ritual, this is a mantra, this Lord's Prayer, that in my mind is worth picking up. Because you know what's awesome when you're an adult? <laughs> Putting your hand out of the window of a car on the highway and discovering the wind. Do you know what is beautiful and thrilling? Catching up and laughing with your cousins at an out-of-town wedding. Seeing how happy your mother-in-law is to have her shows back on her brand new TV. Being excited with your daughter as she gets her unicorn pinata for her birthday. 
maybe in the middle of your sadness and maybe even anger about the damage to your home from the floods, there's something beautiful and thrilling about looking around at the neighbor who is helping you clean up, muck in the house, and being in that moment. And so many things, and so many things that are beautiful and thrilling that are happening today. And God, and God, I wish this was easier for me. I, I wish that I did this more naturally. I wish I had the mind of Jesus. But until I do, I'll pray like this. God of the universe, when I think about your name, how big and powerful and unknowable you are, it humbles me. It brings me to my knees. There is an order and a way that you want for me, that you want for this world. And may that idea be real in me and here on earth. I want to do my part. Give me today what I need, my daily bread. Nothing more, nothing less, just what I need. The energy I need, the focus I need, the compassion I need, the wisdom I need for every task and every interaction that I'll have. And God, I don't want to hold on to anything from the past. No debts, nothing in that ledger that might get in the way of today. I want to forgive others. I want to forgive myself. If I hold on to the past, I cannot be here today. And God, I don't want to get caught up in what might be, what temptations might come, what things I want to be perfect in order for myself to finally be okay to be in today. Because guess what? I'm in today. What will be, will be. But God, I want to be free from evil. God, I give it all to you. You own it all. You are in charge of it all. You are ultimately the only one to be, to be praised. Amen. This is the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> all right. I don't know if I did that justice, but uh, I had fun. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, send, send your friends to No Walls. Um, see you next time.